episode of Sean and Ed's Do Baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Ed's. And we're bringing you some baseball history again. That's right. We're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story... Receiver? Doesn't know what the story... Pitcher? I don't know. We fucked yeah, that Yeah, I like the pitching analogy. Yeah. Anyways, okay. one of us doesn't know what this episode's going to be about. <laughs> That's right. And I'm going back to back, so Edzy is... Sitting here in ignorance. That's right. I'm sitting here. I'm enjoying this coffee. Yep. And I'm ready to hear the second story of the day. Yep. I'm excited to hear yours next. But honestly, Eds, uh, I know we gotta we gotta do our plugs and stuff like that. But seriously, like my jaw dropped ridiculous amount. Why? When I heard about what today's story is about. Okay. Is my uh, should I put a cushion? Here? I don't know. I don't know. You might have heard of this character, mm-hmm. uh, and I say character, uh, but it's it's kind of weird. We're gonna go to some some strange places today. Not really strange places, but just jaw dropping for the time. Okay, I'm intrigued. So before we get going, follow us on Twitter at Doing Baseball and uh, the Instagram at Doing Baseball. That's right, and apparently. You can give reviews on Spotify if you listen to us enough, so please do that. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, whatever you're doing. Rate us, review us, tell us if we're good, tell us if we're bad. And of course, thanks for listening. Of course, of course. So, I'm hoping by this point, maybe baseball's back, but who knows? You got some baseball <laughs> well, My right fingers here. are crossed. Yeah, exactly. So, we can start this story out. Uh, basically... Where I, I don't want to say where I learned about it, but it, this is this is where I realized I had seen this person before. Uh, okay. And it starts really with Hank Aaron's historic 715th home run. Okay, we're watching that right now. It's on, but who cares? You're listening to us. So when Hank Aaron hit his monumental 715th home run, surpassing Babe Ruth's all-time home run record, it was a moment in history that the great Vin Scully summarized concisely and beautifully, the way only Vin Scully could, of course. Mm-hmm, of course. Yeah. So as we're watching right now, you can hear Vin Scully's voice say, what a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South. So that's, you know, beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to kind of add, too, I was listening to something kind of talking about this moment the other day, and it's also kind of important that Scully sort of, when Aaron hit the home run, he allowed a pause yes. for a while and allowed the crowd to speak sort of for him. Yeah. And allowed the cheering crowd to sort of summarize that moment. Right here. Right. Okay, this... Okay. Did you just see that? I saw that person come up and congratulate Hank Aaron. What did you see? I saw a Native American person. That's right. So, if you continue watching the video, after Aaron rounds the bases and is met by his teammates and family at the plate, you will see an indigenous man 
in full native traditional attire, meet Aaron on the field on his way to the Braves dugout and shake his hand enthusiastically. Okay. Do you know who that man I is? I don't know. I don't. You've never heard of that man. So that man... I don't know I don't know his name, so I don't know if I've ever heard of him. Okay, so that man was Levi Walker, better known to Braves fans as Chief Nakahoma. I've, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would have heard of Chief I, Nakahoma. I don't know anything about him, but oh. I've, heard, I've heard that, that weird, terrible name before. <laughs> oh, buddy. You're going to hear a lot more of that weird, terrible name okay. over the next 40 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the team has been called the Braves since 1912. With a brief name change to the Bees from 1936 to 1940. Previously, the team had been called the Red Stockings and then the Bean Eaters. Mm-hmm. They were then known briefly as the Boston Doves. The name was changed to the Braves when James Edward Gaffney bought the team in 1912. So we're going to dig real fucking deep here. Okay. On the history of the Braves and... Their mascot, <laughs> Chief Nakahoma. Nakahoma. <laughs> right. Oh, God. It's, it's a brutal name. I, it's it's a so bad. Pun. It's fucking uh, awful. Yeah. Oh, so, anyways. So, <laughs> this is a Boston team at the time, but Gaffney was a New Yorker born to Irish immigrant parents. He made his money as a construction developer and worked as an alderman at Tammany Hall a New York political organization founded in 1786. Tammany Hall is like weird stonecutter shit. Yeah. I found myself, you know, the last episode we did, George Majorkirth, very straightforward. Just mm-hmm. finding Just about as much and stuff and, and fights. Uh, and uh, as much about George Major Kurth as possible. I, this episode led me down so many <laughs> okay. research docs. Like, I was reading about Tammany Hall, and I'm like, wait, none of this matters to the story, really, uh, other than how the Braves got their name. But it's some weird stonecutters, like secret society, political organization stuff. Okay. So, Tammany Hall's symbol was an Indian chief at the time. The name Tammany comes from Tamanend, a Native American leader of the Lenape, which I hope I'm saying right. The society adopted many Native American words and also their customs, going as far to call the meeting hall a wigwam. So wow. this is a bunch of rich white political class okay. men. And they are obsessed with Native culture and their secret society. Right. Or I don't want to say secret society because there's a hall. Right. But, right. you know, you're not allowed in. They're a club. They're a secret club. club. They're a secret club. Uh, so. <laughs> so they so they adopt the, yeah. this for their baseball so team Gaffney, as well. So Gaffney, the owner, he buys the team and he's like, well, you know, my secret club, everything. <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah. our wigwam and yeah. all this other cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah. Why don't I call my baseball team the Braves? All right. Okay. Good. So uh, actually, I do want to go on record where somewhere out there on the internet, I have kind of defended the Braves as a name as not being as ridiculous as... The, the Indians. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And and I still somewhat stand by that segment. But reading about the history of the Braves' name is just fucking call them the Doves. Like, <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. They, they, they should be called the Hammers, actually, after Hank Aaron. But that's a side note. Um, so Gaffney would sell the team just a few years later, but the team would still don the nickname he gave them. 
so the team symbol was a Native American wearing a headdress and a war bonnet at the time. So this, you know, once again, another sidetrack going down the, the Braves logos over right, the years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Braves consistently played second fiddle to the Red Sox in Boston on the baseball scene, at least. We heard about the Miracle Braves in one of our early episodes, which we reposted uh, while we were taking a break. Uh, and we know after trading Babe Ruth, the Red Sox weren't exactly great. But the Braves were just bad, giving their fans little to no hope uh, throughout the 1920s and the 1930s. From 1917 to 1946, they finished over 500 just five times and never finished higher than fourth in the standings. I was going to say, in my like early days as a baseball fan, I had never even heard about the, yeah. the Braves in Boston. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and for a while, the team retired uh, most of the Native American imagery. Uh, so they went with just a B for a while, mm-hmm. which they were mm-hmm. still, you know, the Braves, but, you know, it was just a B. Um, but in 1945, they readopted the image of a Native American person in a headdress. And in 1946, uh, the script version of the Braves, complete with the tomahawk, made its first appearance. Uh, it has been on most of the uniforms since. Mm-hmm. So the ones we see it's today. It's one that we commonly see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's been around since 1946. So, you know. Okay. Talking about things. So the, the average person born in 1946 is dead. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that's 80 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not dead, but on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, once again, if we want to complain about the times are changing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in 1952, the writing was on the wall for the Boston Braves. Their attendance was slipping considerably and ownership was arranging a move to Milwaukee. In 1954, the team adopted a secondary logo, a picture of a screaming Indian, they called it, mm-hmm. uh, an outline of the state of Wisconsin in the background. Okay, I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah, so they're the Milwaukee Braves now. Uh, the team was an instant hit in Milwaukee with stars like Warren Spann, Eddie Matthews, and of course, Hank Aaron. Yeah. Leading the team to success on the field and a World Series victory in 1957, followed by another appearance and loss that was still a great series, apparently, in 1958. All right. Um, on April 22nd, 1964, the Braves played their home opener against the San Francisco Giants. At County Stadium. And this is where the story begins, really. For opening day, the Braves went all out with a pregame ceremony and player introduction. But on this opening day, they would introduce Braves fans to a new team mascot. A 16-year-old Marquette high school student named Tim Rinders. The team had had wanted to add... He doesn't sound indigenous. Yeah, well, I'm not 100% sure on this one. It was a little harder to find. Once again... I ended up on the Milwaukee Public Library (laughs) getting some of this information. Nice. Um, So uh, the team had wanted to add some flair to fans' in-game experience and thought a mascot would do the trick or at least, you know, someone to dance around. Mm -hmm. Uh, To their credit, I guess, this is a big, like, I guess moment, the team approached the Washtepuita in Sioux, that means good medicine dancers. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, an Indian lore club. So once again, I'm not exactly sure. I think most of these people are indigenous. Okay. Uh, the team asked members if they were interested in applying for the job. Tim raised his hand, and the Braves hired him for $7 per game. Oh, okay. So this is about $54, $55 nowadays. Right. 
so I'm not exactly okay, sure so if I he guess, is. I guess but I should say I shouldn't have yeah, yeah, necessarily yeah. judged uh, by oh, the sound it, of his name. Oh, it gets worse. Don't worry. They're not in Milwaukee forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and also, um, a teepee had been set up in the center field bleachers. Okay. Yeah, it's not that great. Man. So the 16-year-old was decked out in native costume, face paint, and a headdress. But, you know, at least he was, like, I, he might have been, this might have been actual, mm-hmm. like, he might have, this might be real, not yeah. just yeah. made. Um, then the Braves scored the, or the oh, sorry, when the Braves scored, the team, the teen would dance around the, the teepee. And he also had smoke bombs and, like, uh, igniter to to mm-hmm. put us the smoke would the rise smoke from signals. the teepee yeah. Yeah, yeah when a braves player would hit a home run so i think joe torrey hit a home run in this home opener and everyone was mm-hmm. like whoa yeah, smoke from the teepee <laughs> yeah exactly uh he, he would get dressed in the groundskeeper's room before every game and head to the braves bench to chit chat with players before the st- before the starting lineups were announced and the braves raced on the field tim would follow suit running out to his perch in the center field teepee. So he'd run around the field before the game and then you know, mm-hmm. get and up then into the And go out there stands. to his post, yeah. Yeah, Braves owners uh, would break Wisconsin baseball fan, fans' hearts in 1965, though, uh, just a year later, I believe, when they announced the team would be moving to Atlanta the following season, despite the team not having a losing season in their entire 13 years in Milwaukee. That would be very That's disappointing. fucked eh? up, yeah. man. Yeah. They moved there from Boston being like, we're tired of being second fiddle to the, to the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And then they... They show up in Milwaukee and then they they're win awesome a championship. Yeah, yeah. So the team moved to Atlanta in 1966, and Tim, of course, did not follow suit. He's a high school kid. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm still not 100% sure, but they, yeah, he was not. So you know what they did? I don't, I, I'm scared to ask. Oh, exactly. So they got a Georgia State college student named Larry Hunt, a white dude. Oh, no. <laughs> who went all out with his Native American costuming and face paint. His large handlebar mustache making it all the more ridiculous. What? Do you want to see a picture? Sure. There he is. That's awful. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a 20-year-old white dude. Really, really. Trying to pull. he. So they got. I guess they got him to pull together his own costume. I either way, they were just either like. Either way, it's not accurate. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous so hun had apparently become interested in authentic native american dances while he was a boy in boy scouts so that's all you needed to to (laughs) to get the job back then um so they were like you're hired so during the 1966 season the braves held a contest to name their mascot a person like who they're portraying like their mascot is not Mm -hmm. you know a gritty it's a yeah, human yeah. it's a race of people yeah um so <laughs> yeah so they say let's do a naming contest uh so the naming contest it's marketed across the whole south uh it's just a huge amount of people they're like we're gonna name this indian right, right. <laughs> it's just sounds like a can of worms yeah so yeah. mary truesdale of greenville south carolina good work Mary, actually, no. Uh, she entered. She was one of several people that entered Chief Nakahoma, which, if you haven't figured out at this point, is just a phonetically racist way of saying knock a home yeah, run, hit a home like, run, like yeah. hit a home run. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, gosh. So... It's ridiculous. Yeah, so during the... But ne- you said several people wrote that in? Yeah, She's yeah, at least three. They, they drew her name out of the winning okay. once out of the hat. You know, right. they were... It's really bad. Uh, I w- imagine that naming contest, though. <laughs> oh, dude. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, man. But at the time, they would have been like, that's great. <laughs> so, well, considering what they yeah, come up with. I was going to say, yeah. considering what they went with. But everybody loved Tim and Chief Nakahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the 1968 season, uh, uh or, sorry, not Tim, uh, Hun. But yeah, after the season, uh, Tim Miners took over as Chief Nakahoma. Sorry, I was I was looking up for uh, for the original uh, the original one because there's two. Long. Larry Hun was the white dude from Georgia State, um, but during 1988 or 68 season, sorry. Uh, there was a guy, Tim Miners, who got trained by Hun, and he took over as Chief Nagahama when Hun was called up for military service. Okay, so he had to have an understudy. Yeah, he had an understudy. He was just a white Atlanta, yeah. Fulton County kid, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Miners, <laughs> Miners was but a high school junior, and his stereotyped native dances were not nearing as entertaining as his two predecessors. Well, he hadn't. Did he learn about it in Boy Scouts? <laughs> Obviously not. not. He wasn't but he was scout. trained by Hunt. He had, right. a, he had, a, he had a year of understudy. Abs- he just didn't absorb it as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, to add to all of this, the Braves had a 22 foot native warrior wearing a loincloth and wielding a tomahawk made of styrofoam set up just beyond the right field fence in Atlanta <laughs> your face <laughs> what the fuck the giant caricature was named Victor <laughs> Victor for victory apparently I mean I get that <laughs> I understand that but like <laughs> you know? I mean it's still Atlanta like fuck oh man yeah so this Why is his name Victor? It makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, so the statue would turn its head, blinked its eyes, and waved its tomahawk when the Braves player hit a home run. So, you know, it's... Okay. They're going wild out. So watching all of this from the crowd was a man in his late 20s by the name of Levi Walker Jr. Walker was a Michigan native and member of the Odawa tribe. Uh, he had left home as a teen, hitchhiking south, and ended up uh, joining the U.S. Army in Florida, where he served for three years. Unironically, or not unironically, Jesus Christ, Sean. Ironically, in the 7th Cavalry Regiment, the same as General George Custer. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 So after the Army, uh, Walker ended up marrying a woman from the Atlanta area. He worked as an insurance salesman a warehouse worker, and a plumber before he found his calling. All right. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> I, I let the cat out of the bag early on this yeah. one. One may assume that Walker, a native man, would have been appalled to see how the Braves were using his people's culture as a prop, essentially. And he was, but not in the way you think. Walker okay. thought to himself... If they're going to have an American Indian as their mascot, Chief Nakahoma should be a real American Indian. I just want to volunteer that that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck Car- you, Eds. Sean does baseball. <laughs> um, Walker approached the Braves 
throughout the 1968 season. And apparently he was in full traditional native garb when he approached them. Mm -hmm. He lobbied the team's marketing department. Walker told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in 2015, I went to the Braves in full uniform and said, you got a white guy doing this job. I told him... If you want to hire a bartender, you bring someone who can make drinks. I told them, I told the Braves, you want a real Chief Nakahoma? You need a real Indian, and that was me. Well, good for him. Yeah. You just go in there and tell them what's what, and got the job, I imagine. Yeah, well, it took a while. Okay. It took a while. He, it took a whole season of him being like, look at this shitty you know, high school kid. Look at this shitty high school kid. Guinness, you are scratching the fuck out of yourself right now. <laughs> um, so it probably helped that Myers was nowhere near as popular as uh, Hun was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 1969, Levi Walker became the new chief. Dressed in Native American costume, which was actual Native American costume this time, he would do a dance on the pitcher's mound before every home game, before sprinting like a madman to left field, where he would watch the game from the TP set on a platform in the bleachers. He endeared himself quickly to Braves fans and gave the character authenticity. That's so, good. Yeah. You got good seats in the game, too. Yeah, so the, the TP is in left field in Atlanta, just, just to keep everybody on the same page here. And <laughs> But he's doing... he. Everyone's like, oh, that guy's really authentic. Yeah. Because he is authentic. Yeah. So Walker embraced the role, and fans embraced Walker. Chief Nakahoma became a huge part of the Braves' marketing and relationship with fans. The chief danced around the mound on opening day, and for Independence Day's games, he would f- fire. <laughs> he would blow fire. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, entertaining. I saw a photo of this. He he blew fire. Uh, he also would sign autographs for anyone, anybody, and would lead fans in chants and cheers in the bleachers. Cool. At, at one game well, in in his first season <laughs> in 1969, a smoke grenade accidentally set the TP on fire. Oh shit! <laughs> that was just a minor incident. The fire got put out, but that's just once again how Sounds hectic though. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm but sure, people were sitting nearby. Yeah. Um, so Walker would also make appearances as the chief around the Atlanta area. Walker said he made up to 240 appearances a year during the mascot's most popular days. Chief Nakahoma became Levi Walker Jr.'s full-time job. Mm-hmm. Walker had started out making just $10 a game, uh, but as his popularity grew, he was earning decent money getting $60 per game. So, yeah, yeah. That's 600%, man. Yeah, exactly. So... Part of the reason that the Chief was so important was that the Braves, as a franchise, were not doing well. So, okay, so they, they needed moved. they needed him to entertain. Yeah, and he did by by the sounds of it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, after the move from Milwaukee, they're they're really not good, which is weird because yeah. we were both born at the end of the '80s, and and to us, the Braves have been a model baseball yeah. franchise our whole lives. Yeah. Um, after winning the NL West in 1969, the team would go through a decade plus where they wouldn't see the playoffs for 12 seasons. In 1972, Russell Means, prominent member of the American Indian Movement, filed a $9 million lawsuit against the Cleveland Indians for their use of Chief Wahoo. Means also had strong feelings toward the Braves' use of Chief Nakahoma, though Means was unaware at the time Chief Nakahoma was portrayed by an actual Native American. Mm-hmm. Means said... 
what if <laughs> what if it was the Atlanta Germans and after every home run, a German dressed in military uniform began hitting a Jew on the head with a baseball bat? Which wow. is like, whoa. Like, Russ, I get it. Mm-hmm. You have the right to be upset, but that that was a little far. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good metaphor. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, no, but that is, uh, I mean, it's a little bit far. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm, now I'm like kind of stepping that back a bit. You know, you know, you know, Russell, Russell means went through some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, for a while, controversy raged. Uh, Walker defended the character in the media throughout the controversy, essentially saying that he thought Indians can be proud that their names are used on professional sports teams. Obviously, this was his job, so he clearly had a stake in the matter. Right, I was going to uh, say. And he clearly loved doing it. he can make money from yeah. this, so yeah. In the end, the controversy eventually blew over. Uh, for the time being, at least, Levi Walker kept his job. Mm-hmm. So, Levi Walker and Chief Nakahomer were a staple at Fulton County Stadium. He never missed a Braves home game, so 81 days of the year... He was there. Yeah. Uh, he became friendly with the fans and players, as well as the media and local celebrities. He watched Hank Aaron's amazing chase for the history books and watched Phil Necro's knuckleball dance and dive throughout the 70s. Soon enough, a new crop of talent would be showing <laughs> would be showing down in Dixie. Showing up down in Dixie, I think I meant. Yeah. With the likes of Dale Murphy and Bob Horner coming up at the end of 1970s. Dale Murphy for the Hall of Fame, That's of right. course. Dale Murphy, Dale for, the Murphy Hall of Fame. for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Levi settled in and the TP became his own personal oasis. <laughs> so okay. he told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, this extremely weird quote in 2015 about what was in his TP. This is really weird. I just forgot it. I wrote this a few <laughs> weeks ago. This quote is fucking great. So he says, I had a radio and a TV in there, and a lot of people don't realize that Georgia Power put AC in it. I also had a footlocker for all my stuff, and I always had three girls watching the different entrances, especially making sure no one was trying to spit on me. <laughs> what the fuck? Sounds like he had a little apartment yeah, in, in and then, the teepee, and, and then three, three girls in there for some reason. To make sure no one spit on him. Which also is like, dude, are you beloved? Like, are you beloved? <laughs> well, it's yeah. a problem that people spit on me enough that I have these three beautiful women. <laughs> like, do they come into the teepee to spit on him? Because like, like, Maybe through the, the top? Because remember, the smoke oh, signal right. goes through the top. Right, right. And I believe it's a... Yeah. But if it's out in the bleachers, like, who's up there to spit down? Well, it's like it's the very left confusing. Field, down the left field line. It's that near story's the suspect, Sean. It's not suspect. He said it himself. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so as Chief Nankahoma became ingrained in the Braves fan psyche, he began to get more and more superstitious, uh, the fans did, about the mascot. When the Atlanta Falcon season would begin in September, the teepee would be removed, and fans thought the removal had to do with the team's dismal performance in September. It was the team. The team sucked. Right. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> But anyways, in 1982, the Braves opened the season with 13 wins. And it looked like they were turning the corner. But, but the teepee's back. Well, the teepee is back. They, they won again. And uh, their owner by this point is a man named Ted Turner. Oh. So. Billionaire Ted. Turner saw. Billionaire Ted. Well, yeah. Turner saw dollar signs in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And this teepee platform was just blocked views and took and, up real estate. Yeah. It took up space for seats. Exactly. So as the Braves 
were in a pennant race on July 30th, the Braves owner removed Nakahoma's teepee to sell more seats. Mm -hmm. So the Braves lost... What happened to the apartment and the girls? (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) This is essentially... They're going to have to buy seats. Levi Walker's like, dude, my house. (laughs) I'm going to get spit on. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. So, uh, the Braves lost 19 of their next 21 games. And it's bad luck. Oh, that's bad voodoo. Yeah, yeah. And they fell into second place. Turner told team management to put the TP back up, and the Braves went on to win 9 out of their next 10 games and win the National League West. Yep. Okay. So, uh, I, the quote, I remember the one in 1982. Excuse me. Sorry. And I remember the one in 1982. Ted wanted to sell more seats, and I went to Wayne Minshew, who was the public relations man, and told him we needed to put it up or the losing streak wouldn't end. He said we would see, and Ted finally said to put it back up. And we won the NL West. A lot of people were serious about feeling the tape. A lot of people were serious about feeling that taking down the TP had everything to do with losing streaks. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so that's Levi Walker reflecting back well, on his time. Well, it's pretty evident. I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah. they should probably find another place for this TP. Yeah, I probably should have summarized that instead of butchering his quote. But anyways, uh, in 1983, Chief Nakahama got a weird racist character for a wife. Princess Winalata. <laughs> oh my god. Why do you have to add the ta? Yeah. Why do you have to add the ta? Ugh. Anyways. Well, it's on the other one. Well, I guess, yeah, it's kind of. Well, it's, it's Homa, not Homer. Homer. Anyway, it's just fucking, god damn it. All right. So, so she was portrayed by a woman named Kim Carlos, who I don't think I was Native American. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team also introduced the couple's son. Which is just the worst name because it's just, I mean, it's not even, it's just hit a single. Hit a single? Yeah. Not even hit a double. Yeah, which is like just the most racist 80s style baseball name ever. Like it's just, exactly, it's 80s, pure 80s. Like we want singles. Steal a base. (laughs) That would have been better. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh God, anyways. They're all awful. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Kim... Kalos uh, uh, suffered a back injury in a car accident, and it cut oh. her season short. Uh, and they decided not to bring back Princess Winalata for 1984. Um, but the okay. writing kind of seemed to be on the wall for Walker as well. Controversy surrounding the mascot, as well as whether it was racist or not, continued to bubble under the surface. And the team started to talk about retiring the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the 1985 season, the team and Walker got into a dispute over public appearances. Walker claimed the team used this as an excuse to fire him and retire Chief Nakahoma. Which, you know, 1985. Just, uh, it's probably enough by that point. Yeah, 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 I couldn't imagine, you know, I didn't know about this because I was born after that. But holy fuck, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, the Atlanta Journal Constitution reported that Walker was making sixty dollars a week. Uh, now it's saying a week. Uh, my numbers are mixed up here, but he got five thousand dollars in termination pay from the Braves, which is decent chunk of change. Uh, Walker was not happy and wanted to continue with his role with the team, but he was proud of what he had done in his sixteen years as Chief Nakahoma. I met four pro- presidents, two kings, a sheik, and his four wives. Weird. Uh, Kids in the Ghetto, ZZ Top, Three Dog Night, 
Led Zeppelin, Roy Clark, Jerry Reed, Tammy Wynette, Dolly Parton, Cap Calloway, Shirley Henderson, Olivia Newton-John, Loretta Lynn, Alabama, and a number of others. You met all of Alabama? <laughs> I think Alabama's a band. I know, it's I a know. country band. <laughs> um, the fans saw me as a superstar. They saw me like Batman. They saw me like Superman. So that's what Walker said to, to Atlanta, CBS 46, in November 2021, very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Levi Walker wanted to bring the character back in 1991, just six years later, when the Braves actually got good. Uh, it's my return tour. Yeah, yeah. And they turned him down, but okay. uh, they also introduced the chop. Well, Deion Sanders did. That's a mm. whole thing that shouldn't happen to. But anyways, uh, he told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in 2015 that he continues to be involved with the Traverse Bay Bonds of Odawa Indians and is an elder. He said he still keeps the old traditions alive, tanning hides, making arrowheads, and selling his crafts at powwows. He is also trying to learn more of his native people's language, so he's trying to keep the language alive too, which is really important for for indigenous cultures nowadays. Walker uh, has been a fierce proponent for keeping indigenous names and symbols in sports, and have has defended the Braves and Cleveland Indians several times. But interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. His opinion is a little bit nuanced that he had very strong negative feelings regarding the Washington Redskins. Right. So, okay. yeah, this is what he had to say. Absolutely, it's a real shot to the face for the indigenous people. They could easily change it to be the Warriors, and it would have a strong meaning. I don't have a problem with the Braves or the Indians. In fact, Cleveland asked me if I would testify on their behalf if need be. But it hasn't happened. The Redskins need to wake up and change the name. It's wrong. So very interesting. point. Yeah. So he kind of has my initial kind of thought to it of like, well, the Warriors is fine. Right. So why isn't the Braves fine? It, mm-hmm. You know, but slurs are not good. I, I can understand. I don't understand how he can defend the Indians in the same sense. Right. Whereas I, it, I it might not be as egregious as the Redskins that it's, it's, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I kind of, you know, in my personal sense and everybody has, you know, I could be wrong and I probably am, but you know, I kind of rank it as like, you know, Washington was the worst followed mm-hmm. by Cleveland mm-hmm. followed by Atlanta in my opinion. Right. Uh, and this is what Levi Walker seems to echo, but less so for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Levi still defends his work as Nakahoma to this day and even said, there are some people in my tribe that do not like the idea of mascots, but the greater percentage, 80%, not sure where he gets that, of the tribe always had respect for the organization. Mm-hmm. So regardless of Levi Walker's opinions... Many people do find it appalling that a sports team would use an ethnic group as a nickname or mascot with many indigenous groups protesting both the Indians and Braves since Nakahoma. Right? That's Mm -hmm. obvious. Many people would argue, rightfully so, that appropriating culture as entertainment is not okay. But I also think this was kind of... Uh, this was kind of Levi Walker's point. He did not want Braves fan to see a man dressed as an Indian. He wanted them to see a real American Indian. Right. Uh, a man with a culture and tradition that he loves and wants to share with the world. Mm-hmm. So as Levi, this is where I think he summarized his, his thoughts best. Is if I just thought if they were going to have and portray an Indian, they ought to have an Indian. 
And I think he's completely right. I think he is too. I was going to say like, it's, it's, I think what he like did in that sense is like quite honorable. It's just, I'm, I, I don't understand why he didn't like lobby them to change the name too. But well, yeah, it's it's not it's not a great name. No, um, obviously he was. Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't know. But. See, it, no matter what he says, and I, I think he he really you know obviously he's a man that uh, really you know you can't knock him for you know whatever. He's an indigenous man that that loves his culture mm-hmm. and is continuing to this day to, to try to and, keep it going. Yeah, and and tried to, you know, show the authenticity of it and get people to embrace it that way, right? But he also got kind of famous and got to meet a whole bunch of famous people. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a very long list. Yeah. He met all of Alabama. Well, well, that's what I mean. Like There is some of this that's just like he wanted it for himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the authenticity, I think, is there in his opinion, but... There is a part of me that's just like, dude, you were famous. Like, of mm-hmm. course you wanted, you would argue mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to keep it going, you know. Got so Pat, yeah. Pat, Hank Aaron on the back, yeah. Um, so yeah, we have seen other sports in this in other countries actually successfully integrate and embrace indigenous culture. So the best example, obviously, is the rugby team, the All Blacks in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and they do the Maori dance uh, before each game right but baseball's never had that right this is what i want to talk about and and you know i haven't brought it up yet but you know i come from you know my grandfather and great-grandfather and all that you know they grew up in south dakota on the reserve like it was Mm -hmm. it's and this is where i i really thought a lot about this uh this is like baseball's just taken like they've never given back yeah and this Levi Walker was trying mm-hmm. to let baseball Give authentically yeah. represent. Right. Right? Yeah. And it just it's never happened, right? So this is yeah. Baseball has always felt, to me at least, like it is just taken from indigenous culture with very little give. Native Americans haven't had a moment like that night back on April 8th. 1974 baseball's integration era has brought in talent that was excluded in the past, but never has had a team. Even one that takes its name from native traditions, uh, had a real moment of cultural healing on the baseball field. Like we saw that night with Hank Aaron's home run. Mm -hmm. And I should preface that I am well aware that Hank Aaron's home run was, there was so much hatred around that yeah yeah there was so yeah. much hatred it's not like a moment yeah it's not like all of a sudden you hit the home run and and you know, everything and, was better yeah but as vin scully said like it was still a big moment absolutely for integration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the game years later mm-hmm. right it's not a, it's not you know jackie robinson didn't step on the field mm-hmm. and everything was okay hank no, aaron no. didn't hit that home run and everything's okay no but well, it's almost it, like Scully's words are almost like from the future with the benefit of hindsight. Exactly. You know, like. So, and that's the thing is, is I just don't feel like there's ever been anything close to that moment f- for Native Americans in baseball. No, never. I can't think of a they, There's like only that. take. There's only take. Right. There's never fucking... Anyways, I'm going to get a shout out. Anyways, <laughs> Levi remembers the ball landing in the bullpen and the excitement he felt Running from left field to home plate to shake hands with the hammer, 
I believe Levi loves the game of baseball and loves loved being a mascot. Whether you think that is right doesn't really matter. What does matter is he tried to do something that's rarely been done authentically in North American sports. He tried to authentically celebrate and humanize indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I'm, I'm glad you're telling the story of that because, you know. Yeah. You're... In 2015, Bill Shanks opined uh, in the Macon Journal that the Braves need to bring back Chief Nakahama and his teepee when some Tress Park opened the following season. Obviously, this idea was met with harsh retort on the internet, and Bill Shanks is a fucking idiot. Because they shouldn't do that. No. Because you're just fucking doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this is the thing. This is, And that's... This is where... This is... I, like, honestly, why haven't we seen... Uh, like, there is, there is a small amount of people that have played baseball that are successful indigenous people. But why would, it, why would an indigenous kid even pick up a baseball bat? Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a lot of representation and celebration in baseball at all. Yeah. The, the most authentic thing that, that they might ever see is the dude that gets to dance on the mound before the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. At least they try. Like, I, that's the thing is it's, it's, it's hard to say. Cause you know, I disagree with some of what Walker said, but I also, it's like, he actually tried to, to do something, right? right. He tried to do something where we don't see the Braves, you know, I, at least maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but, but do the Braves support indigenous culture and indigenous people and kids? I don't know. I, I don't know either, but honestly, I don't think they are doing enough. Like, it, you know, Get people if you if you want to take their culture, mm-hmm. include them. Give back and include them and give them representation that Fuck they yeah. deserve. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I don't know. I mean, this is my rant at the end of this. I'm just getting a little worked up, but like, <laughs> it's 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 something that just reading the story is like. Oh, it, it, I thought I was just gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe they had this this mascot that's just so incredibly mm-hmm. culturally mm-hmm. appropriated. But mm-hmm. at the same point reading Levi Walker and stuff like that, it just eventually got me to a place where I was kind of angry that, that there yeah, hadn't, well, it's, there hadn't it, been any give back. I was going to say, like, it was something that I could see why it would make one angry. Cause as you say, there's a lot of like take Walker tried to like give that true authenticity to the role. And, you know, they allowed him to like do that, but you know, there was still just, you know, that's that's about it. There's no like real give back to the actual community. You know? Well, and and you know maybe the most like I don't even know if it's right, but at least in Milwaukee, you know they went to indigenous people, but it sounds like, mm-hmm. and said we want to include you, mm-hmm. which is like so why can't we do more of that? Like why can't and you know I I don't I don't understand it. You see like there's videos on the internet of of Cleveland fans, you know protesting the fact that they have to change their name and stuff like that. But when they're confronted by an indigenous person, they have no argument, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they don't, they, it doesn't hold up. Nothing what they're saying there. But I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that the names are right. I'm not saying chief Nagahama's right. I'm just saying that, you know, if you want to use their culture, include them. Mm-hmm. And it's been done. It's not like this is something that is not been done. <laughs> right. 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 Like, yeah. Like, every Maori kid probably, I'm not going to say every, but they want to play on the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. No indigenous kid wants to play on the Indians. 
or the Braves. No, no. Fuck that. Yeah, that sucks. Anyways, that's my rant. Yeah, that's our political episode. Of Is it political? It's not political. Fuck no, it. It's not. It's but... just. It's just. <laughs> I don't want to say sensible, but uh, you know, maybe it's it's culture wars, right? I, I I hate everything nowadays. Is political is culture war. It's 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 just common sense. <laughs> And yeah. we, it's, I don't know. It's I don't love it, it, for your other people. You I don't want to shut. I don't want to shut you down. Cause yeah, maybe I, I was getting a bit political, but at the same point, you know, this isn't party politics. This is just, Hey, let's not be shitty to each other. Exactly. Politics. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. <laughs> we were doing baseball. Follow us on Twitter at doing dot baseball. No, no. At do, doing baseball. Yeah. And Instagram at doing dot baseball. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, obviously, this is a, a, a episode that hits hits home for me. But honestly, give us a review, give us a rating, uh, get the conversation going, and I hope you were enlightened a little bit on the terrible, awesome, yeah, no I, good story of Chief Nakahoma. Yeah, and I had no idea about like the. I, I sort of had the uh, before we get out of here. Quick, I just want to say, I sort of had the same. Um, you know, ideas as you with sort of the ratings, if you want to call it that, of like what was worse and what was <laughs> not worse or whatever. But Which, uh, I didn't know about the sort of appro- the whole appropriation of like the foundations of the Braves name. Oh, now exactly. My, now my opinion is a little bit different. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, mine has changed considerably with that. You know, I'm, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, it, as I say, if you're not going to include them, fucking take it off your chest. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, you're Sean. I'm Sean. We were we were doing the baseball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>